Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Happy Monday, everybody. I am so excited to be talking to you today. And today we're going to talk about my amazing opportunity and privilege of seeing Oprah. And not just Oprah, but JLo as well. Yes, it is the most exciting thing ever. And I am so thankful for this opportunity. So my sister, a few, quite a few months ago, actually said, oh my gosh, Em, do you want to go see Oprah? And I said, uh, yeah, why did you even have to ask? And so Oprah started a 2020 vision tour um, at the beginning of 2020. And at each stop around the way, she included a guest. And so every guest was amazing. Oh my goodness. I wish I could have gone to all of them. I remember Lady Gaga and Michelle Obama and Rachel Hollis, who I love, all three of them. And then, so J-Lo was her guest at this uh, 2020 Vision Tour, and it was in L.A. So my sister and I flew down to L.A. for the weekend, a couple weekends ago, and it was just as amazing as all of you would ever expect. It was motivating, it was uplifting, it was looking at wellness, and it was looking at self-love and acceptance and all of those things that especially women go through, but more and more and more and more, we are finding that men struggle with the same things that women do, just in a different light, different capacity. And I think when we look at the equity inclusion lens, a lot of minority groups experience these same challenges that previously, I would say, women experience as far as self-confidence, as far as self-worth, as far as all those things, because all our lives we've been, you know, taught a different message about ourselves. And so now that that message is slowly changing and the more we realize how much we're worth it, I think the more change we will want to make. So we flew down there. It was amazing. Um, so previously, I have been to another motivational kind of inspirational conversation, and I won't mention who it was, but the person, we spent the whole day there from 8 to 5 as well, and the person only came out for 45 minutes prior to them coming out. It was all salespeople, which are totally doing what they need to do to make a living. I'm not judging them, but that's not what I signed up for. Um... And so they 
came out and tried to sell you stuff, um, real estate and investments, and you can write a book too, and, and, and. And then finally the person came out, uh, I would say maybe for an hour. I'm going to give them an hour. I don't remember how long it was, but it wasn't very long. So it was a little bit disappointing. So I was worried that that's what this was, was Oprah coming out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes of her time, and that was that. I was extremely, extremely wrong. She was out there. She was phenomenal. I would guess for at least five of the five and a half of the seven hours we were there, seven, seven and a half hours we were there. Um, and that included an hour lunch that included all the, um, before time, you know, all that. So she was out there on stage talking to all of us, going through the workbook with us, giving us her time, her energy, her inspiration. It was amazing. And though this was sponsored by Weight Watchers, um, it wasn't all about weight. It wasn't all about how much you weigh. It was about everything wellness, which I loved. Um, we started the day with, you know, some dancing, some movement. We, I think it was before lunch, went into some meditation. We had a lunch provided by uh, Panera Bread. And how you feed 14,000 people is beyond me. But they did it, and it was not total chaos, and it was pretty awesome. So they included all of that. We had, they had swag. They had all of these selfies. Definitely go to my Instagram, um, emily.purry, and check out the uh, selfie booths. They were so fun. You know, it was manifesting your life. The slogan for the event was, I can, I will, watch me. So they have all of these selfie booths that you can go to for free that you didn't have to pay. And they had somebody set up at each one to help you. So we got some awesome pictures together. And then we get to hear from Oprah forever. And then we also got, I would say it was probably 30, 45 minutes of an interview, a Q&A between Oprah and JLo. Overall, awesome, amazing, wonderful. Now, how does that pertain to what I always talk about? So in this self-love reflection, in my wellness reflection, in everything that I talk about and speak about, what it came down to for me was a lot of things. Okay, so I'm starting a nonprofit, or I've started a nonprofit. I work full-time. I have three kids. I have a husband. I have a family life. How do I balance all that, knowing that I'm an entrepreneur and that I have to start a business, which means I have to put in extra time and some of those things have to go to the wayside. And how do I give enough attention to my kids, my family? How do I take care of myself? Then the mental health piece comes in. And this really took me back to what is keeping me, and I reflect that question back at you, what is keeping all of you from reaching your highest potential, from being the person that you were put on this planet to be. Whether that's the universe you believe in, whether it's God you believe in, whatever it is you believe in that puts you here on this planet, why did you, in your current body, in your current situation, with your current disability, with your current self sexual orientation, with your current race, whatever it is for you, why did God or the universe put you on this planet? And what is holding you back from being that person? 
And it was a big question. It was a very big question for me. It was a very big question for a lot of us sitting in the room. And what it came down to for me was I pushed myself in so many areas. I pushed myself in business. I pushed myself in growth. I pushed myself in health at times. I would say that's not my focus right now, which it needs to be. Um, What stops you from being the best you? Thank you for listening to the Human Is My Label podcast. My name is Marnie and I'm a member of the board of directors for Rapid and I'd like to take a minute to share some exciting news. Rapid is holding its first retreat May 1st through May 3rd of 2020. Its mission is to help people with disabilities accept, embrace, and thrive in their lives through fitness, wellness, and athletic performance. Rapid is currently recruiting participants for the May retreat and spots are filling quickly. If you or someone you know is interested in participating, email Rapid at info at rapidoregon.org. If you are interested in participating as a wellness provider, also send an email to info at rapidoregon.org. That's I-N-F-O at R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N dot O-R-G. To learn more about Rapid, visit our website at rapidoregon.org. Thank you. I also want to clarify that being the best you does not mean being the skinniest or being the most beautiful or wearing the right makeup, doing the right, having the right clothes, being rich, being all those things. Whatever being the best you is to you, that's what it is to you and not what society determines is the best for us. I think the trends are changing as to, you know, you are who you are regardless of what society says. But I think that it's really hard to determine sometimes, is this what I want or is this what I see in the magazines? Is this what I see on TV? And it makes me want that. Do I not like this about myself because I don't feel good when I wake up in the morning? Or do I not like this about myself because that's what society has told me I'm supposed to look like or feel like when I wake up in the morning? And so that's really hard for us to, I think, pull apart and understand. And so that that's a big one. But really pulling that apart. Do you feel good in your skin regardless of what people on the outside are saying? And that's a question maybe some of you have to start at. Now, completely switching gears to speaking to all of us, but I'm going to share my experience and what I think really truly holds me back and I work on every day, which is self-acceptance and acceptance of my disability. Now, all of you are probably thinking, you run a disability podcast, you speak on disability, you are an advocate for disability, you help people overcome disability. How the heck can you not have accepted your disability? And that is the interesting question to me. It's, and and that I ask myself, not just from you guys, is how do I do all that? And do I truly accept my disability for what it is? And there are days where I'm like, heck yeah, I don't care. It is what it is. But there are also days where I go into a place, let's say a gala, which I'm going to tonight. And I say, do I bring Bevy, my guide dog? And 
have people ask questions, be on, you know, be navigating her through a, you know, a, a busy gala, or do I leave her at home since I'm going with somebody and have them help me? And is that a question of should I navigate, or is that a question of do I not want to look different? And again, sometimes that mi- message is mixed. I don't always know the answer to that question. Um, is it more difficult to get her up and down if I want to socialize? Yeah, because usually she'll jump up if I'm getting up and, and etc. So if I'm going to shake somebody's hand or greet somebody, she's going to come with me versus staying under the table all the time, uh, especially if the other person doesn't know she's there. But, or is it that I don't want to look different? And like I said, I don't always know the answer to that question, but what I do know is that if I can't answer that question, if I don't truly accept my disability as part of me, as who, as a part of who I am, who Emily is, who I, how I'm going to navigate this world, I'm not going to ever make those choices that are better for my health, that are better for me, that make me a better person. Not the things I push out to the world. I will push everything out to the world, and I know that about me. I will give my family everything, I will give everybody everything, and put me on the, the last on the list. And that's something I work on every day. I set goals that makes me take time to myself so I decompress so I am a better person for all of you, for my family, for my kids. But it is a forced task that I literally have to put on my list of things to do, which is take five minutes after work. And this is something I have on paper in a contract to myself. Take five minutes after work to lay in your room after you change your clothes, you're comfortable, to decompress before going into mom mode because I have found myself snapping at the kids. I have found myself snapping at my husband. I have found myself not being able to tolerate the stress that I need to at home in order to be a better wife, a better mom, and a better me. And so I only can commit five minutes because I've never done it consistently before. So five minutes, three times a day, I mean, whoa, three times a week is what I have committed. There's also other wellness goals in there as well, but that's my commitment to taking care of me um, in my mental health. Then there's the physical health. I don't place an emphasis on fruits and veggies. I know I should. I've been a personal trainer for years and years and years, and I don't. I don't I don't intentionally seek them out. So that's another one. And then my last one is movement. I know I am a happier human for myself, for my kids, for my family, for my job, for my nonprofit, if I move, if I move uh, 30 minutes a day, period. So self-acceptance, let's go back to that. If you aren't accepting of your disabilities, so right now I'm talking to those with disabilities, but if you aren't accepting of your weight, if you aren't accepting of the size of your nose, if you aren't expected or accepting of your height, if you aren't accepting of your fingernails, whatever it is that bothers all of you out there about yourself, there is no way that you are going to be able to take care of yourself and take care of the family, your family in the way that you need to. And so 
through Oprah and through Jennifer Lopez, this is what they all came to. Oprah, I think she said was 65. J-Lo just turned 50. They're both doing phenomenal things. They are both taking care of their families and their husbands and their business and their everything. They're phenomenal women. And they take care of themselves. And it's a priority to them. And yes, they have money. And yes, they have all this other privilege that goes along with it. But they have worked for that. Two minority women of color have worked their butts off to get where they've got. And they have to continue working to maintain that. So, yes, there's privilege in what they do now. But think back to when they started. Go back and review Oprah's, um, research Oprah's childhood. I can't imagine living and being in her childhood. And I can't imagine my seven-year-old being left out on the porch because she wasn't allowed to sleep inside. And so she slept on a pallet. I can't imagine that for my seven-year-old. And she was six when that happened to her. So self-acceptance. So this isn't just for people with disabilities. Like I said, we all have something that holds us back from being the best us, whether that's not being able to show emotion, whether that's uh, not have been raised by somebody who is supportive of who we were through our whole childhood. So we've always been ashamed of who we are, regardless of what that is because of. Well, you're lazy. You're this. You're not smart. You're you're too slow. You're not an athlete. You're a this. You're not a musician. Whatever it is. If we weren't raised with parents who supported who we were, you know, there's most likely all of us out there with some something that is holding us back. So I'm not going to ramble on too much more, but Bevy, my guide dog, for those of you who haven't been listening um, throughout the episodes, go back, listen to at least episode one, which is my story. Um, as a legally blind person with a progressive eye disease, this is acceptance is something I've had to do on a regular basis my whole life. Um, I've shared my story about, you know, I used to be able to read fine print or normal print. Um, like in college, I remember still struggling to read my textbook. I read it super duper duper close, but I could still do it. Now, no matter how close I am to the book, I can't read normal text at all. Um, and so every stage of my progression took acceptance. And every stage from here forward is going to take acceptance. And when I got Bevy, I got accepted into the program and I looked at my husband and I said, can I do this? Can I be exposed all the time? Can I have people looking at me weird and asking weird questions about why I have a dog or whatever it is? Can I do that all the time? And the decision came down to Bevy is going to keep me safe. Bevy is going to help me. And pardon my French, but to hell with all of them. This is what you need. And I've explained in a couple times um, throughout this podcast, it takes acceptance every day. At one point, I was on the max train faking that I was completely blind because if I act like I'm completely blind, people don't ask me about my service dog. People don't ask me or say things out loud that they think I can't hear. I don't know why. Blindness is not deafness. But 
they say things out loud like, oh, why can she use her phone, but she needs a dog? They don't note that my phone is not even an inch from my face, but whatever. Um, so if I act completely blind and put my sunglasses on and pretend like I can't see anything in the world, then people don't bother me. And I actually have to consciously check myself to say, you know what? The guide school, the guide dog school qualified you as somebody who needs a guide dog. You were willing to put yourself out there and accept a guide dog because you knew it would help you. Now, to hell with them. This is something that helps you and this is who you are in this world and you need to just be you and not worry about the rest of it. And this is something I have to do on a regular basis because I have been sighted in my life. I have been able to see more than I can now and I still can see things. I can see blurry things. I can see some things and then some things completely disappear that happen to be right in front of me. So I definitely need a guide dog to keep me safe. And since having a guide dog, I can't tell you how much it has helped me feel safe. And the amount of stress when I don't have her is so high. The amount of stress that I experience when I'm without her is significantly different than when I have her with me and I know I'm safe. And that is all that matters for me. Now, whether it's weight, whether it's the color of your skin, whether it's whatever it is, people are going to treat you differently, period. Until this world actually accepts people for who they are, people are going to treat you differently. What matters is how you see yourself and how you present yourself to the world. And that in itself puts off an energy. That in itself puts off a gleam of confidence. That in itself shows people, wow, something's up with that girl, but she is going to change the world. And that energy is what's going to come back to you. This is not a hippie thing if you are opposed to hippie things. If you're not, amen for that and, and go your way. I'm saying if you air confidence or if you air positive energy, if you come into your life with something that people cannot avoid, that is what you're going to get back, is something that people cannot avoid and say, wow, Emily is out there. I don't know what she's dealing with, but she is trying to change the world. And that is what you want. That is what you want to be known for. You do not want to be known for the Debbie Downer who talks about how fat they are or how much their disability... I can't do that, or I can't do this, or I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Take can't out of your vocabulary. Whew, I'm getting fired up. I almost said a cuss word. <laughs> Take can't out of your vocabulary and say, you know what? Let me try. I am going to. Let's figure it out. And that is what you're going to get back. You're going to get back people trying. People trying to figure it out with you. People being open to you conquering the world as you are, not how they have typically seen on the internet. And the more all of us do that as an overweight person, as a person 
who's shorter, who's taller, who has a disability, who has a different sexual orientation than the dominant culture, who has a different skin color, whatever it is, the more we can prove all of them wrong, the more we are going to normalize that we are kick-ass people. And that is my goal. That is why I was put on this planet. That is why I'm here today. I want to be accepted for who I am. And yes, that takes me also accepting who I am every single day. Some people are saying, okay, awesome, Emily. This is great. This is wonderful. But how do I do that? And like I said, this is something I deal with every single day is acceptance. And the best way I can tell you is to be in the moment now. To be accepting of the moment now. Okay, I am legally blind. I can't see that. Okay. In l- instead of making it a stressful situation, instead of letting me go down that rabbit hole and and letting myself be stressed out. Oprah had a had a quote um, at the at the forum, and it was stress is wanting this moment to be different than what it is. And so being in the moment, a lot of people talk about mindfulness and all this and all that, but it is what it is. Now, what am I going to do with it? Okay, I can't see that. Okay, do I have a tool to help me see that? Can I use my phone? Okay, it's not working. Is there somebody around me, though I don't want to ask for help, but is there somebody around me who can help me with this? Okay, yes or no. If that's not the case, okay, what do I need to do? How can I do it differently so I can do it? So not thinking about, oh my gosh, I used to be able to see that textbook and now I can't, so what do I do? And oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my sight is getting worse every minute of every day and oh my gosh, what am I going to be able to do next week? And oh, I'm starting a nonprofit and how am I going to start a nonprofit if I can't see anything? And what if my vision, I mean, the rabbit hole can get bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper and we just can't go there we can't live in the past of what we could do and what we couldn't do or when i was this size or when i wasn't this size or when i had sight or when i didn't have sight we can't live there we have to this is what it is what is the solution if there isn't one in the moment what can i do differently to move on so living in the moment is my best advice and i know that's hard but practice living in the moment. Then the other thing Oprah talked about a lot was comparing the wins. So instead of saying, when I can, when I this, when I that, I am going to be better. My eye doctor up at KCI um, thought that there would have been a cure for my eye disease when I was 30. So I'm now 38 and Stargard's macular degeneration is what I have. And they still don't have anything yet, at least for my uh, progression of the disease. They have some trials for people who are almost completely blind and they want to stop that complete blindness and so they can stop it. And then they have a progression. Um, they're, they're working on something for those to s- 
the stop the progression, like I said, and then they're working on something to reverse the complete eye disease. And so I could have said all my life, when my eye disease is cured, I am going to start my nonprofit. Or when I lose the weight that I don't feel comfortable with, or when the pain stops in my knee that happened when I fell, or when I, you know, my kids grow up and get out of the house, I am going to X, Y, and Z. And this pertains to everybody out there, regardless of what it is, disability, weight, height, I mean, it's usually our physical body that we are concerned about, which I hate, but it could be when I get counseling or when I get the right pain medication or when I get the right psychiatric medication, whatever it is, stop the when and let's figure out the now. So live in the moment. Stop saying when. Tomorrow I'm going to stop or the next day I'm going to stop. No, start right now. Start loving yourself now. Start taking care of yourself now. Start valuing yourself now. Now is the best time. And now is the only time that you are going to be able to completely live in the moment. All right, everybody. It's that time. Time for the six-year-old question. How do you ensure a person who is hard of hearing or deaf feels included in open meetings? Okay, so it totally depends on what kind of open meeting this person is talking about. And if it's an open public meeting, then you should probably think ahead and start trying to think of what accommodations could or should I include that are low cost in case nobody um, needs them or requests them such things as transmitters, that kind of thing could be easily on hand. Obviously, always, 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 always best practice to have a microphone at any event, any meeting that is, I would say, larger than 15 people. I say that because the common response to everybody using a microphone is, oh, I'm loud enough. I can speak really loud. And to put somebody on the spot like that to say, actually, I need you to speak up because I can't hear, that shouldn't be something somebody has to do. So let's always use a microphone. Don't say, oh, I'm super loud. I don't need a microphone. So that's number one. Number two is figure out what accommodations you can always provide at every meeting in case somebody shows up if you're especially holding public meetings that could possibly help somebody in the deaf or hard of hearing community. Lastly, in your event or your meeting or your whatever gathering announcement, make sure and mention there will be a microphone on site that will be used for all participants if you need any other hearing devices or assistance, please let us know. And that could be anything with accommodations. I always like to list the accommodations that I will provide regardless of request. So I will provide large print. There will be electronic copies of the PowerPoints available. We will have a microphone for everyone to use. And uh, we will have a separate room for people who need to take a break. 
whatever the accommodations are that you automatically provide, I would list those out. So if somebody doesn't have to reach out if those meet their needs, that's great. You've already covered it. And they know that you've thought about it. If they need something above and beyond that, then they should be able to request that. So figure out what it is that your company and your budget can allow for to have on hand as far as hearing uh, assistive, assistive technology and then purchase that and go from there. That's my best advice. With that, I hope you all have a fabulous, fabulous week. Make it a good one and get focused, get intentional, and make a difference in yours and the lives around you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.curry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and can't wait to see you next week.